All right, let's uh, okay. Let's make this bad boy happen. <clears throat> Do my best. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's all I that's all I'd ever ask of you, Ren. Is just just do your best and have fun. <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is jab. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Engage. So this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. Boldly go where no man has gone before. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian Mr. Todd A. Davis. And today we have a repeat guest and future dinner guest. It's Ren Sims! Yay! Welcome back! Hi! Good to be back. (laughs) How have things been since we talked uh, two weeks ago? (laughs) about the same <laughs> about the same okay yeah. <laughs> how are the kids uh, they're doing great um scheduled a visit with them so sometime in the summer um, so we're super excited nice. to see them soon good stuff how's fred doing he's fred he's good <laughs> <laughs> he's fred of course <laughs> that's great that's great i actually did have a chance to go and read the robot comic that your daughter did earth 1.0 or oh yeah personally yeah so cute i love it so much it's wonderful oh yeah she is so creative and just some of the ideas that pour out of her like it's amazing to me nice yes for anyone listening to this episode if you go back two episodes i believe ren was on the first time episode four i think yes episode four sticky fingers if you go to the show notes there should be a link for ren's daughter's comic that she did on webtoons and i'll include the link to the other one in the show notes for this episode well i'm glad to hear everything's going well so you haven't exactly been keeping up with enterprise correct i haven't it's okay it's It's okay it's not my favorite and it's hard to get like i love the characters but it's hard to get into some of the episodes like it's just the way they did it there's so much going on like they have more than one storyline, but it's all connected. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a little tricky to get into those freak of the week episode. I, I heard that first coined with Smallville back in the day. They would talk okay. about, you know, the show structure, you know, it's who's Clark fighting this week, but that typical structure has been used in TV for a long, long time. Those tend to be fairly standard episodic and a little hard to you know latch on to any sort of through line story it's a little disjointed yeah I noticed. yeah it, it creates the pacing of the episode is just very it's not smooth like For, from formulaic what? it's formulaic yeah, and little. just kind of yeah it can come across as very dull i think for this they approached it with the cookie cutter formula from Deep Space Nine, Voyager, they sort of applied the same thing here. And again, that a little bit, yeah, may not have been the best idea. 
And mind you, I liked the episode. I mean, it, it was, there wasn't anything wrong with it. It was just, like I said, the pacing, like some kind of slow in certain pace and places. And then you're just kind of waiting for the storyline to just kind of catch up with where you're already at kind of thing. So you're like, I can see this coming, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, absolutely. But if you've watched enough Star Trek, I feel like it all kind of, you can kind of, you start to get to a point where you can guess where it's going to go. Yeah. Unless you're new to it, it's not as predictable, I guess. That's true. When the four of us went and did um, pizza restaurant hopping here in Greenville. and Yes, I remember doing that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about pizza and just said, you know, there's, there's pizza that's good. And then there's good pizza. And I feel like at the end of the day, this is Star Trek. It's good, but it's not good Star Trek. You can muscle your way through it because it's Star Trek. It's still entertaining. It's still fun to watch, but it's just like, eh. Yeah, it's got its... (laughs) It's it's got its weak points that you would think. I feel like the show suffers from some things that the folks that had been working on this had been working in Star Trek a while, and you would think they'd have overcome some of these issues. But you know, I guess they didn't. I guess at that point, the studio or you know, UPN, the network, maybe they didn't trust the creators to create something more poignant, more directed towards the fan base. They had to make it appeal to a mass audience. And maybe that was the thing is like, Hey, we're doing the origin. So let's make it appeal to the widest range of fan base. That way they'll get them into the rest and then we'll, we'll get all their money. Yeah. I, and I think that's where most franchises kind of end up sort of thinking a little because they're trying to get everyone but sometimes you're just a niche. Like you're you're not going to be able to please everybody. Yeah. Kind of but like, like we said before, it's still really entertaining. It's <laughs> just, it's a difference between a seven as opposed to like top 10 kind of thing. It's just not as good as we would have liked it to be. <laughs> yeah. So without further ado, let's get into this week's recap. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, we have to finish before the Vulcans see us. Take us closer, Ensign. Out of direct sunlight, the surface ice will be more stable. You up for a little comet walk? What's that? An all-new Enterprise. So Enterprise is investigating... Reed and Travis get sent to collect samples of it. Then a Vulcan starship under Captain Vanek pops in and Archer's like, hey, why don't we both study? Vanek states that he just likes to watch, which is kind of creepy, but whatever. Archer is mad, but agrees. Meanwhile, the Vulcans send an email to T'Pol. Trip gets it and Archer orders Hoshi to use her decoder ring. Trip reads it and learns that it's a save the date for T'Pol's arranged marriage. Trip apologizes and T'Pol asks him to keep it on the DL. Later, she confesses to Doc Flox that she's having trouble sleeping. He suggests it might help if she talks to someone away from medical, not him. So T'Pol talks to Trip, who doesn't share her views on Vulcan stuff, and he points out just by her asking means she's open to choice over tradition. Eventually, she decides to put on her big girl bodysuit and stay aboard Enterprise. Archer decides to break the ice and invites Vanek over for dinner, but he's unresponsive, dismissive of humans, and he didn't even bring a bottle of wine or anything. 
Archer concludes the meal by being super diplomatic and accusing them of spying on Enterprise and asks him to leave. Afterwards, there's an explosion on the surface and... The Rock! ...has altered its rotational axis. Once the sun comes up, Travis and Reed begin to have difficulties as the ice begins to crack. They try to use the space bus to leave, but it falls into a chasm. Archer swallows his pride and asks Vanek for a toe out of the snow. So uh, did I about sum up everything? <laughs> yes, that sums it up quite nicely. Awesome. So are you originally from Florida? Is this the furthest no- north that you've ever lived? Uh, yes, um, I was born in Oklahoma, but I basically lived in Florida from about six months old until I moved about three years ago. So. Oh, okay. So it's a little colder here than Florida, yes? <laughs> yes, we have seasons in South Carolina. That's true. <laughs> as opposed to Florida, where you just have warm, hot, and summer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that, that about sums it up. Yep. <laughs> My family's all from Pennsylvania. Oh, and okay. Kat's family's all from Ohio. So being down here, as opposed to up there, she and I are definitely mountains and snow folk. We would have done well on the wall, as they say. <laughs> I saw my first snow two years ago. Oh, did you cry? No, but I have never been so happy or like my inner child has never been so excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Like that every time it snows, like I just, I get so happy. <laughs> oh, I can't tell you how brokenhearted I was when we didn't get snow for Christmas this year. Because we were supposed to. Yeah, after the really crummy year. And Kat and I both got positive results for COVID on Christmas Eve. I was like, can we we at least get snow? Can we get this one bright spot? Can we get snow? And uh, we were denied. But that's how it goes. Sometimes you don't always get what you want. We did get it a couple months later and it was glorious. Yes, it was very nice. Although I wish it would have stuck around a little longer. I probably could have used an extra snow day off of work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would have been lovely. And oh, yeah. it was my first time ever driving in falling snow. Ooh. I am not a fan. <laughs> especially because all of the lines on the road are white and snow is white. So you just kind of have to guess and hope for the best. That's true. Yeah. With my parents being from Pennsylvania, I got what I would consider to be better than average driving training as a young man. Yeah, definitely. But I think I've only been in Pennsylvania for one white Christmas and man, it was something. I just, just snow everywhere just and deep too. It was great. So Enterprise is dealing with this, uh, The Vulcans are standoffish in this episode, but at the same time, like super present of just like, oh, we're just going to watch you. Like, have you ever had to deal with micromanagers? Yes. They're just there and you know, they're watching every move that you make and just waiting for you to screw something up just (laughs) so they can laugh at you. Oh yeah. And that's kind of what this felt like a little bit. Like, go ahead. You do it. It's cool. We're going to laugh at you behind your back, but you already know it. So it's okay. (laughs) did you make any attempts to smooth things over with the micromanagers you had to you know deal with did you invite them to dinner or try to tell them a joke or something no because i don't like conflict so i just pretended that everything was fine because it made my anxiety go away about it so i'm probably not the best example for that (laughs) (laughs) 
it's not exactly accurate to call them a micromanager when you're an intern, but I felt like my internship was a little micromanaged. To be fair, I'm not very good at my job. <laughs> that might be part of the problem. Had they had they asked me about comic books or Star Trek or podcasting or stand-up comedy, I probably could have given them the answer right off the bat, whatever they needed. But no, I had to talk about law and and stuff. <laughs> it's funny, like I've never had a lot of micromanagement. I've had a lot of crappy bosses, mm. but not a lot of people that are sort of undermining what I was doing. Like, luckily I haven't had to do with that a lot. Not as an adult. I think that was more when I was younger, like in high school and college age. Oh yeah. Well, I'll have to be delicate with my word choice here. Um, But I recall um, when I was working in law enforcement, uh, I had a supervisor who for whatever reason would tell us to do things. And I would, I would go to my immediate supervisor and say, Hey, I was just directed to do X. And my immediate supervisor goes, what do you think about that? And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. (laughs) And my supervisor would go, "Uh uh-huh, it sure is. So don't do that. problem the silver lining is like hey i recognized that what they were telling me to do was not correct flip side of the coin it's a little scary when the person in charge is telling you hey do this thing that is definitely not correct honestly i worked at a law office for five years when i was in florida and there were a couple instances where my boss was essentially telling me to do things that was not legal like yeah notarizing something when the person wasn't there oh sure stuff like that I mean it wasn't like huge giant things but it was like that's a problem yeah because I'm a notary I'm a notary here for South Carolina and it's kind of it's one of the easiest it's one of the easiest jobs you know I'll put air quotes around that jobs to do but it's also one of the easiest to screw up if you don't do it correctly Because there are a lot of rules and there are a lot of things that you have to follow. And if you don't do it, it can nullify the document that you notarize. It defeats the whole purpose. Sometimes a lot of people don't realize that. Oh yeah. Sometimes things hinge on those documents being notarized. So it's very important. (laughs) It's important to do it correctly. So it doesn't blow up in your face later on in in a court case. Oh yeah. Because if it nullifies that document and your case is hinging on it. Good luck explaining that to your supervising attorney and good luck telling your next job because you're definitely getting fired. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So well, let's move into uh, some stats here. This was the first episode of Enterprise not written by Berman and Braga. This episode was actually written by husband and wife team, Andre and Maria. Now I'm going to try my best with this last name. Jacumentin. Yeah, J A C Q U E M E T T O N. Jack, Jacquemantin. It matters if it's French, because then it would be pronounced completely different than what we're going with. <laughs> right, right. It's. I'm sure I'm butchering that. Feel free to uh, keep your corrections to yourself, audience. Um, <laughs> both of them would uh, later go on to write and produce some episodes of AMC's Mad Men. But before Enterprise, Andre did some work on a little show called Jack of All Trades, starring Bruce Don't Call Me Ash Campbell. Have you ever seen Jack of All Trades? I have not. It was a really fun show. I think 
Bruce Campbell, of course, you know, famous from Evil Dead. Bruce Campbell, he's a hoot. Oh yeah, I've gotten to meet him once or twice, and he he is every bit the Bruce Campbell you want him to be. He's <laughs> he just seems like a giant goofy doofus. Like oh in the yeah, best way possible. Like yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he had a couple of shows that were in the mid '90s, early 2000s that were kind of here here one moment, gone the next. Jack of all trades was two seasons. But it only ran from January to December. So I guess they broke for the summer and they got those two seasons in, in the year 2000. It was a lot of fun. It's a really fun show. I'm sure folks can probably find it uh, buried deep in the internet somewhere. Uh, But yeah, if you, if you're looking for a fun uh, show to binge in a weekend, you could do a lot worse than Jack of all trades. All right. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. This episode was also directed by Terry Wendell. If you don't know the name Terry Wendell, just a little bit of background on him. He actually started his career as a background artist on heavy metal, the movie that was based on the magazine, which recently restarted and I have been getting it at the local comic book store and gosh I love heavy metal back in the day it was an independent comic book magazine where you could submit stories and they would just print them and it was of course magazine format but it was literally just comics and interviews with creators and you were getting probably some stuff that was either too edgy or too racy for mainstream comics companies. It was a blend of like futuristic with fantasy. So you had a lot of cool dudes and hot chicks with guns and swords, like riding dragons into this futuristic city where there's flying cars or, or whatever. I mean, heavy metal was the place for it. And so Terry Wendell got his start there on the heavy metal movie and that got the attention of industrial light and magic. And while he was there, he worked on a few, uh, some smaller films, uh, poltergeist and ET the extraterrestrial. I don't know if the audience has ever heard of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> but while uh, Terry was there, he he worked closely with a gentleman named uh, Richard Edlund, who eventually started his own company. While Terry was working with Richard, he would work on a few other movies uh, that some folks may have heard of. Uh, Return of the Jedi, Ghostbusters, to name a few. So eventually Edlund left to create his own company, Boss Films, and Terry went with him and wound up winning some awards for some of his short films and he eventually got to direct an episode or two of Star Trek Enterprise but unfortunately in 2018 Terry Wendell passed away and I couldn't find a lot of info on that but he did some fantastic work Godspeed Terry thank you for your contributions to Star Trek we'll continue watching and uh, remembering the good work you've done here that's a le- a legacy to have right there is yeah having your hand in something like star trek <laughs> i know from the comic book perspective any creator who was a fan of any of the projects you know really wanted to do their work and tell their stories and have their art published be it written or visual if you were a fan you know i'll use myself as, a, as an example is if you were a fan of batman your goal as a comic creator was to get your name in the list of creators who have worked on Batman. The big get for Batman fans was Detective Comics because that was the genesis of Batman. 
So to get to have your work on Batman published in detective comics sort of put you in that line of history of, you know, folks who had contributed to the mythos of that particular character. And, you know, I never really considered it, but at this point with Star Trek, it's kind of the same thing. Star Trek's been running for over half a century. Yeah. So yeah get a writing credit or if you can get a directing credit if you can somehow get in front of the camera for even a shot that's it a lot of folks will just hang it up after that and understandably like if that if that's your goal go get your goal and then you know retire and die happy (laughs) i never get like a bit part on any kind of like like star trek or anything like that i would just be like that'd be the end of my my life it's like nope i've done it i'm good yeah I have to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and anything and everything else pales in comparison. <laughs> the dream is out there and I'm sure someday, you know, everybody will get a small shot. Well, I, I think that's part of the fun part of Star Trek was because back in the day, they used to accept scripts on spec, you know, and they would accept fan submissions. Now they might not produce the entire script, but if they took an idea from your script, it was known that they'd cut you a check. And yeah, that happened quite a few times. It was, you know, the writers that they get for these shows are pretty well-versed on the franchise and in the industry and the medium. So they do pretty well, but everybody gets writer's block every now and then. And sometimes something slides across your desk and you know what? That's a good idea. Let's cut them a check. That's awesome. Yeah. Like just taking fan ideas and paying them for it, but kind of putting it in there and giving them, I mean, are they given credit? I'm assuming like mm-hmm. even if that's awesome. Yeah. They were given, I believe they were given story credit. There's a difference between story credit and teleplay credit. Basically story credit is all the germination of ideas. And then once it gets boiled down, someone right. actually has to pen the script, the teleplay same thing happens with movies all the time that same process but that's kind of how that works and it was kind of cool that uh back in the day you were able to put your thoughts into words and put those words down on paper and get that paper out to california you might see your name on the star trek credits that's pretty awesome yeah so ren thank you so much for coming on again uh you're probably going to be our go-to guest Yeah, our schedules align pretty well, and you're a big fan, so yeah, you might just be our uh, one of our regulars. Oh, fantastic! Nice, yay! (laughs) Where can uh, where can people find you on the internet? Honestly, I haven't really been on the internet much. My brain just died. (laughs) Do you need me to look it up and tell you? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's RC Sims 82. Um, I think that's my basic everything at this point. Um, let's see if you're right. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you look up Ren Sims, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. RC Sims 82, you're correct. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all Star Trek fans, go find RC Sims 82 on Instagram. Oh my God, I'm the worst. I really am. <laughs> Oh, and I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all the socials. From all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in 10 forward. 
Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was done by Will Martin at heyitswill.seo on Instagram. And I'm Kat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're going to find a brand new race. The folks that had been working on this had been doing it. I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, and we're going to edit this out. <laughs> I'm so glad it wasn't me, though. And I and here's the thing, like I've been really trying to to make sure that the notes say like, hey, Sounds here's here's the zoom, the zoom room codes and make sure your phone's on silent. I'm such an idiot. Such an idiot. I'm so you're sorry. You're not, you're just human, it's fine. <laughs> Anyways, I'll uh I'll take, <laughs> I'll take that last bit again. Um How's that for a slice of fried gold. I was able to get together for a bachelor party uh, here yeah, last week. I remember. Yeah. Fred was supposed to go, but he got a massive migraine that kept him from oh. leaving the house. Oh, well, um, it was funny because the very next day was when uh, I was supposed to record with Gary and Justin for oh. Cinema Shock because we usually record on Sundays. Okay. Um. <laughs> we were we were supposed to record it too and then justin text us that he had thrown up in the jersey mike's bathroom oh no <laughs> so we pushed till 3 30 and when all of us finally got on we just looked like death warmed over <laughs> we were like, what what happened to us i was like <laughs> and before i had texted everybody like gentlemen we're old <laughs> 